Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. What is going on, everyone? Casey Adams here. Welcome back to the Rise of the Young podcast. On today's episode, I sat down with Jake Bullock. Jake Bullock is the co-founder of Can a cannabis-infused social tonic that provides a refreshing social buzz without the baggage of alcohol. On today's podcast, we talked about the future of the cannabis business, how they got the idea to start Can, and we just dive deep into Jake and his co-founder's story. So with that being said, please take a moment to share this episode on Instagram. If you're new here, then follow me at Casey and enjoy today's podcast with Jake Bullock. And make sure to check out Can. Talk to you soon. All right, what's going on, everyone? Casey Adams here. Welcome back to the Rise of the Young podcast. On today's episode, we have Jake Bullock here with us. Thanks so much for coming on the show, Jake. Yeah, thanks for having me, Casey. So I'm, I'm super pumped to have you on today, man. I know that your team at Can has sent me out some of your beverages before, and I'm a huge fan of the product. Um, I'd love for you to talk about what it is that you've created for those that don't know, because the cannabis beverage industry, it's new, it's up and coming, and you guys are definitely um, pioneers in the space. So congrats on all the success so far. Yeah, no, thank you. Appreciate you saying that. And, you know, it's really an interesting, it is a new product. It's an interesting product. It's a cannabis beverage, but but it's meant to be an alcohol alternative. So we sell these in six packs. They're little cans. Um, they only have two milligrams of THC. So for for context, you know most edible products, most drinkable products have ten milligrams, all the way up to some have a hundred. Uh, the idea with our product is we use only a microdose of THC, and we do that because it's meant to be similar to the strength and sort of potency of a glass of wine or a light yep. beer. Uh, and the idea is you drink a number of them socially, like you would drink beer or wine um, uh, or a mixed drink. And, and what's great about that is uh, it really integrates well with people. A lot of our customers continue to drink alcohol. They just drink a lot less alcohol. They feel better the next day. They get the same sort of social buzz that you might get from alcohol. It's uplifting. It's, it's sort of energetic. Um, and that's because it's, we only use a, a, a tiny bit of, of THC. It really is a product for people that are afraid about getting too high. They're a little bit concerned about cannabis. They're not really sure if they're fully in the industry. Um, and they're frustrated with their alcohol consumption. They're saying, like, it's the worst thing that I do to my body. Luke and I started this company because our hangovers were getting so were so terrible that we couldn't even, like, conceive of continuing to drink at the rate that we were drinking alcohol. <laughs> and, and But we still wanted to be social. We still wanted to go out. We still wanted to have, have fun. Um, 
and we wanted to hold something in our hand that was delicious and we could enjoy. And so that was sort of what what created Can and our, our social tonics. Very cool, man. So when did you guys launch the first drink and when did it initially come out? Yeah, so we've been on the market for uh, a year and a half. We launched in, in June of 2019 Okay. Um, in MedMen in, in LA. It was all about sort of that culture uh, on, on the West side of, of being good to your body. We talk about our, our customers being the healthy hedonist, right? It's yep. somebody that, that takes a product and they turn it and they immediately read the label and they figure out what's in it. <laughs> our product has five ingredients. And, yep. know, they're all things you understand. It's just water, all natural juice, uh, never from concentrate, all natural flavor we get from Mexico. It's organic. It's the most sustainable agave in the world. Um, and cannabis extract, that's it. Uh, and, and so that really connected with people, I think, in those early days. They were looking for a product that was honest, that was transparent, that tasted great. There's no cannabis flavor to our product. Um, if anything, it's almost too drinkable. So you have to be careful <laughs> not to drink too many. Know the, the, that you can, you can kind of have based on your tolerance. Yep. Um, but, but from there, it just continued to expand across SoCal all, all the way up into Northern California. Now we're in, um, I think over 250 locations in California and Nevada wow. and also Rhode Island, uh, soon to, soon to open more States as well. Very cool, man. Were you in the cannabis space or industry before this, or is this all new to you when it comes to being in the cannabis business? It's, it's pretty new. So I, when I was in business school, I started, um, you know, thinking seriously about cannabis and, and beverage and, and how those two might come together as California had, had legalized, um, yep. you know, adult use cannabis consumption. And um, I spent the summer uh, while I was in business school working for an amazing uh, L.A. cannabis brand called Basito. Um, and I got kind of my cannabis ropes, so to speak, from that. And it was such a crazy time because the regulations were just getting put in place and, and it was sort of a moving target. People didn't really know exactly what the industry was going to look like and how it would sort of transition into adult use from what was a pretty robust medical market. Um, and so, you know, from that, I learned a lot and got really excited about beverage because if you think about it, all of the sort of history of human socializing has happened around beverage. Yep. Um, that's just how we like to, you know, congregate and build yeah. community. And, and uh, if you think about other mild intoxicants like caffeine or alcohol, um, we drink them in beverages uh, and in microdoses, which is really important. Uh, you know, we're not going out and buying sort of Everclear grain alcohol. Um, we're <laughs> drinking, uh, you know, a uh, 5% uh, beer or, you know, 12% wine. And, and the idea is that that allows us to drink a number of them. That's really yep. important. And that was something that we, we created with Can by, by launching a microdose product. And, and that had never really been done before. I think it really is going to unlock the social potential for, for cannabis. Very cool, man. So you launched the product in 2019. Were you and your co-founder Luke already entrepreneurs or what is your background prior to Can? Yeah, we had, we, we both kind of came from similar backgrounds. So we met um, on our first day at Bain & Company. We were management consultants in San Francisco together. Okay. Um, he had been a teacher uh, uh, with Teach for America prior to that. And and I had worked at, uh, as an investment banker. And so um, we both kind of were coming into that experience uh, with a, a little bit of work under our belt. And then he ended up staying at Bain & Company. He went to Harvard Business School, came back to Bain & Company. Uh, and I ended up going on to, to do private equity investing with Bain Capital and then um, uh, off to Stanford Business School. Uh, and 
uh, it was right when I got there that that I started thinking sort of seriously about about this. And, and, and Luke and I remained friends. We had sort of you know spent all these weekends together, going to music festivals and and all sorts of fun stuff that were you know pretty alcohol fueled weekends in a lot of ways. And um, you know as we got older, it started to become clear that that was just not sustainable. These debilitating hangovers. And, and so I was talking to him about cannabis beverage, and it was right about the point where he was ready to to do something different. He had spent a lot of time working with CPG companies at Bain and trying to get them to act more like startups. And so, um, you know, we figured it was a perfect time for us to go try it. Uh, it's always a really scary decision, um, but it ended up, uh, you know, being one of the most rewarding ones we've, we've made. Totally. I'd love to hear the, the journey of from having the idea to creating the first product and trying it. Like, what was the creation process like and how long was that process and what did you learn from it? Yeah, it's, it's a great question. So, you know, before we even decided to officially, like, let's go start this company. Um, you know, we had a list of, of kind of a, a few questions that we had to go answer. And one of those questions, yep. maybe most importantly, uh, was, can you make a product that tastes great, that the two of us love, that we would drink every day? Yeah. Um, and that's sort of, you sort of think that's sort of obvious, like, you know, in, in, in consumer and food and beverage, like, of course. Um, but you'd be surprised how many products, and you, I'm sure you've tried some, uh, that you're like, you know, I don't really like that or what's going on here. And <laughs> often it's because, Brands, particularly the the big CPG brands, these sort of mass market, massive companies, they design products by committee. They try to sort of create a formula. It needs to have this amount of calories. It needs to have this grams of sugar, and we want it to be in this size, and it has to have this cost of inputs, and then, then that all kind of you know calculates together to create a, a product. And and what ends up happening when products are designed that way is they they're meant to appease a lot of different people. And then they end up just failing everybody a little bit. Um, our view is different. It was like, we can make a product that the two of us absolutely love. And our, our bet changes. It's no longer, is this a good product? It's, are there other people like us out there? That's really what we're betting on. And so um, that was the approach we took. We, we, you know, we locked ourselves into a room for a, a few weeks. We started looking at data. We looked at all sorts of really interesting flavor trends. We looked yep. at Pinterest, you know, what are people trying to make DIY that they can't find in the store? And yeah. we had all these really interesting sort of flavor combinations. Uh, and we also thought a lot about sort of what consumers like us wanted out of products. And, you know, there was this conventional wisdom in beverage, which is like, you know, comes from Coca-Cola where you're either, you know, 100 plus calories like Coke regular or your zero calories like Diet Coke. And consumers don't want to be in the middle. Yeah. That has changed. That has completely changed because you have people like us, millennials, folks that are saying, you know, and, and even more so I think with Gen Z that are saying, wait, hold on. I'm willing to have 30 calories, 40 calories if I know the ingredients are natural. They're, they are not trying to cheat me. Um, these yep. aren't artificial or some sort of sugar substitute that leaves like a, a weird you know, aftertaste in your mouth. I'd much rather have 30 calories and have something that I truly enjoyed and knew that it came from, from you know, great ingredients. And so we took that approach. We said, let's not constrain ourselves by formula. Let's go into the lab. Let's take all these flavor ideas that we have sort of supported by data and let's play around with it. Let's see if we can get the food science right. And and what was what's incredible is is we started having these magical moments where you know flavors just connected. We have a lavend, uh, a lemon lavender uh, uh, product and uh, that was such an incredible experience of how many drops of lavender do you put in and, and making the balance right and thinking about all of those things. And sweetness is really important. We use agave because um, it really brightens up and, and lifts up the juice and the natural flavor. Uh, and, and, you know, I think it's worth it in the end because you get these amazing sort of combinations that, that are 
both familiar and sort of different and adventurous at the same time. Um, it's, it's, it was one of the, the more fun parts of this process. And yeah. you know, Luke and I sort of looked each other in the eye and said, we have to create these. These, these are too good not to. Yeah, no, I love that. So when you say go go into the lab to start creating this, like what's the reality of that? Is it you guys are hiring people to create this or you two are just getting the ingredients and doing it yourself? Or like, what does that look like? Because I'm sure there's entrepreneurs out there that would want to launch a beverage brand or start something similar in a different space. Like what did that process look like and feel like? Yeah, so we ended up... Uh, we looked at a lot, there's a lot of different options out there in terms of, of how you can do it yourself. You can work with, you know, big flavor houses and, and formulators that are, that do this for a living. Um, we took a different approach. We, we found a food scientist that we trusted and, and had real credentials spent, you know, 25 plus years developing food and beverage products. And, and we got this food scientist to teach us how to do the food science. I mean, we're, we're sort of, you know, data nerds at heart. We want, you know, we very quickly learn the things that we don't know and, and the things we didn't really know that much about it. So we, we, we wanted to learn the food science so we could kind of continue to do that ourselves. Yep. Um, and that was the process. We spent a couple of days in the lab with a food scientist that basically walked us through. And it, it's, it really is science in a lot of ways, like the approach and how you, how you measure out ingredients and, and think about the, the, the making that process as efficient is possible and testing everything like testing okay well what happens if we push this formula in this direction do we like it better or worse and, and what are we really trying to solve for yep. um you know from a flavor standpoint and, and it was it really becomes sort of then after you get that foundation of, of food science down and you've got to think about important things like food safety and 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 so sort of where the ingredients come from and and, and what sort of specifications you'll need to ultimately source right because the, you know the biggest the biggest lesson we learned is you can go into your kitchen with you know juice that you buy from from the grocery store yeah. uh, and create a really interesting product that may not scale to, yeah. to sort of food grade you know industrial size. So, so that is a really important thing that you kind of have to think over over time. And um, you know there, there are certain product values that we really cared about that that guided us through that. Right? We were we were not going to use concentrated juices. They're just worse. They don't taste as good. All natural flavors is really important to us. There's so many beverages out there today that use natural flavors that, you know, come from natural sources, but are mixed with flavors from all sorts of different uh, uh, sources. So if it's a fruit yep. flavor, you know, that, that lemon flavor may come from, you know, oranges and, and, you know, all sorts of random things. Uh, we don't really believe in that, right? We think that the mouthfeel and, the, and the, the expression of the flavor is so much stronger if it's all natural. So we choose that. Um, uh, those kind of decisions, I think, help you through that process. It's really about finding those magical moments where, where you taste something that you think, wow, I could have this every day for the rest of my life. No, I love that. And that was definitely well said for sure. And, and I know you touched on this earlier when it comes to your go-to-market strategy, how you guys launched in MedMen. But once you had the product created, how are you guys looking at the marketing and launch strategy as people that are new in the cannabis business? It's a very... I wouldn't say regulated, but you have to sell to the places that marijuana is legal. So how are you guys thinking about that? And how have you scaled with, uh, you know, the, the different regulations? It is definitely a challenge. It's a highly <laughs> regulated industry. Like you point out, our distribution points are, are extremely limited. We can only sell this product in licensed dispensaries and, yep. you know, licensed delivery platforms. And, and, and that's, there's not that many of them especially if you compare to sort of our, our real competitor, which is alcohol and can be sold in, you know, 10,000 different distribution mm -hmm. points in the state of California alone. Yep. Um, and, and so, 
that changes the way you have to think about marketing. And the, and the, the, the simplest example I can give is in normal CPG marketing, uh, you sort of rely on multiple touch points with the consumer. So maybe it's a digital ad, maybe it's a, uh, an event, maybe it's um, a billboard, something, uh, uh, some sort of posting outdoor. Um, and, and all those touch points kind of continue to remind this consumer about your product. And then when they're in the normal course of shopping, they're walking down you know, the, the liquor aisle in a grocery store, uh, they'll see your product and they'll say, oh, wow, I really want to try this craft beer. Or I really want to try this tequila brand because I've seen you know, it a bunch of times. Yeah. That does not happen with our product and in cannabis because no one is really casually walking dispensaries kind of browsing if people are going to dispensaries they generally know what they want already and, and they're usually a consumer that's been in cannabis for a while they kind of know their way around maybe they'll try something new but it, it tends to be you know within their existing preferred product categories um people that are perfect for drinking can like we always talk about our highest experience consumer that's a person that right now drinks almost entirely alcohol and so how does that person know to go into yeah. a dispensary um, and, and find can? They just don't. We, ought, we get this all the time from folks saying, uh, you know, why can't I find you in Whole Foods? <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. and, and that's really hard for us because it means that we can't market in the same way. We have to be, we have to be much more creative. We, we work on engaging communities on our Instagram. Um, we have a whole Cambaster community that's fantastic that gets the word out for us. Um, we can do some limited stuff online and outdoor, but it, it's, it's not sort of your traditional toolkit. And so it makes it much, much harder. We really do rely on, on our consumers loving the product and, and telling their friends and family. Totally. And, and I think you guys are doing a phenomenal job. I know that when I first came across your, your Instagram and just the way that you guys showcase the product and more so educate people. I, I remember I saw something where it showed how the two milligrams, how it you come down faster and you can go through this cycle of drinking another one and another one compared to an edible perhaps and things like that, that really capture your attention, that educate the consumer. Like you guys do a great job at that. And I, I want to ask you because I, I see a lot of brands just show, showing their product, talking about the product, but the way you guys have educated the consumer is different. Was that a plan for you guys and something that was very thought out? Or how have you been able to utilize social um, to better educate the consumer overall? Yeah, we've had to do it. Um, in a, in a perfect world, everyone would know what microdose cannabis beverage, you know, feels like. And they would, you know, just like you might, you know, you know, from, from long history, what drinking one beer would, would, would sort of do to you. Um, it, because this is such a new category, because this is such a new product. I mean, cannabis beverage alone is so new, let alone the microdose segment, yeah. which is, is sort of the, the fastest growing of that. And, uh, and so as a result, we have to do that education because no one really knows. It's the only way we can sell our product. So we don't yep. even get to talk about all the great things about our product, our clean label, our ingredients that, you know, our, our, our blood orange and, and lemon juice come from Sicily. Like we don't even talk about that because we, we spend almost all of our time <laughs> talking about, um, you know, how high will this get me? How many of these can I have? How is this different than the, the terrible pot brownie experience I had in college? Yep. Like, <laughs> we have to sort of untrain people. Uh, you know, will this taste like weed? We get, we get all those questions all the time. And so we spent a lot of our, our sort of social media sort of mind share around how do we educate? Can we, can we provide information? We like to do it in a, in a, a fun, quirky, sort of irreverent way. Like the canned voice is, is really something we work hard on. It takes a ton of time. Um, and, and we do that because we want those messages to, to be heard. Uh, and so we, we've, 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 we've over-indexed, I think, on that because we've really had to. Very cool, man. And have you had any 
uh, like when it comes to advertising on social media, is that something you guys have found challenging? Is there regulations there with that or what, what does that look like? I'm just curious. Yeah, it's hard. So um, if you think about like normal uh, digital advertising, you can, you can go through uh, Google and, and yep. Facebook, Instagram, right? There's a ton of, of, of opportunity there uh, because we are a cannabis product and cannabis still has unclear sort of legalization prospects across the US, these big advertising platforms do not allow sort of cannabis advertising, direct cannabis yep. advertising that would lead to sales, right? And so you can't do all of the things that you could do if we were launching a, a tequila brand, right? Yep. Um, which makes it a lot harder. In some ways, it's good, though, because it forces us to focus on organic growth. And like, how can we actually engage the people that we talk to? How do we make sure that people love our product, we put a lot more emphasis on like, our product has to be amazing, it has to be yeah. so good that when someone tries it, they tell everybody because that's our best form of marketing. Um, and, and it also helps us a little bit from a com competition standpoint, because at least for the time being, you don't have massive multinational CPG companies spending hundreds of millions of dollars on digital ads. Um, yep. that helps as well. You know, we're a small company, we're a startup we we've only been on the market for a year and a half. Like Luke and I have been doing this for a little over two years and, um, you know, we rely a lot on those sort of more creative, organic guerrilla marketing strategies because, you know, we don't have, we don't have the budget or, you know, the ability in a lot of ways because of restrictions to do what you might otherwise do if you, if you had a, you know, a, a soft drink beverage or an alcoholic beverage. Totally. And, and I think too, man, like the first time I had the product, I was the person like you, you guys have wanted people to do sharing it and telling my brothers and telling my friends. And I think there's definitely a, a natural, um, like, shareability case for the product because it's so new it's so different it's it's great and i'm not, I'm not just saying that because we're on the podcast but that's how i truly felt so I, I think you guys are definitely doing a great job there and and i want to ask too like when it comes to the future of can i know that you guys recently brought on some celebrity investors what was that process and journey like yeah it, it was pretty incredible um you know it was always something we'd wanted to do uh, because we feel like, you know, again, back to the marketing conversation, we don't have a ton of ways to market this product. And so getting people that love this product to talk about it, especially, you know, people that have huge followings and are sort of these, these massive celebrities yep. was really, really kind of important and exciting uh, to us. And from the earliest days, uh, when we launched this product, I think in part, because we, we launched in LA and we, we sort of built up a community there. And in another part, because you know, this product is, is so well, uh, I think, suited for sort of the media and entertainment world where um, you know, often what you put in your body matters so much to your ability to do your work every yep. day. Um, like these brutal morning hangovers, like you can get by with them, you know, maybe in our lives on a Saturday or Sunday, <laughs> but you just can't do that when you're, when you're in, in a lot of these, in a lot of these roles. And so, um, we found from really early, early, uh, time that there were tons of really cool, super famous celebrities consuming our products on a regular basis. There you go. A lot of the, the conversations we've had with, with both some that have come and invest and others that are just a part of the can family you know, we're them reaching out to us and we're like looking at our DMs being like, whoa, this is crazy. <laughs> this person literally just DM'd us. Like, how do we, how do we get them can? Um, and often it was because it was really hard to find the product. And, and, and so it was a distribution thing for us. And as we were scaling, trying to, to become available in more and more places and also help people understand like where they could buy it. It's not as simple as you just go online and, and it, and it shows up in, in an hour. It, it's difficult to do that. So, um, 
those were sort of that was sort of the genesis of it. And then as as we started getting this traction, having these conversations, um, we met with a lot of different people, and many of them are really really smart business people. Uh, and so the conversation we had with them was very different. It wasn't sort of like a marketing conversation about hey, how can we use your celebrity to help sell can? It was like it was like let us take you through. Uh, this company, like why we started it and where we're going and why we think it's a really interesting business idea. Yeah. Um, and, and all of the folks that, 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 that we've announced that, that have, have come into the can family uh, in, in our uh, celebrity investment round um, are all really smart business people. And they see, they see that future. They, they understand that, uh, you know, alcohol is the worst thing that we do to our bodies. Um, yeah. Moderating that can be a really good thing for people. Um, and, uh, and then you know how cannabis can be kind of destigmatized and and used as a as a really as a wellness product um, is also really interesting. That intersection of sort of can of curiosity and sober curiosity, which is you know where we live every day. And so once we were able to have those conversations, I think you know it it, be, it was really cool to see these super smart celebrity uh, you know. Uh, personas, but also really smart business people, you know, decide to, to, to sort of take the leap and, and, and join us on this, what will be a very interesting journey for sure, um, of introducing this product to more people and really changing the way we think about how we socialize. Totally. What are you guys looking forward to, um, as the year is closing out, moving into 2021, what is, what are you guys most excited about and looking forward to coming the new year? All sorts of exciting stuff in 2021. We'll, we'll kick off the year um, with what we call Canuary, which is our spin on dry January. So okay. no alcohol, but you're allowed to drink can. Uh, <laughs> Love and it. So that that should be a fun month. It, it, it's always a good reset. We did it last year. We're planning to do it again this year. And um, you know, really engage our, our our community and followers around how to start off the year and and in a better for you, you know, well way. Um, and then we've got a ton of really exciting. Um, product launches, new flavors coming out over the course of, of next year, as well as new state markets. So, so keep an eye out for, for um, us, if you aren't in California, Nevada, or, or um, Rhode Island today, we may be very well in, in, in a state uh, uh, nearby soon. Very cool, man. What are, I know that I've been seeing as, as someone that's not in the cannabis space, I know like Last week, I, there was all the cannabis news about um, recreational legalizing across all all states. Like, what are some of those things that would most benefit you guys to open up a broader market? Yeah, it's a it's a great question. I mean, regulation is is one of the biggest challenges. There's a ton of sort of near term, immediate stuff in the states where we're operating where. You know, people weren't really thinking about cannabis beverage when they when they passed uh, regulations for for adult use cannabis, and so it's such a new category. There's a lot of adjustments that we'll need to make, and particularly in how we distribute the product and move it around, and and it's it's very heavy product, and so th there's a lot of, of considerations there that that will sort of need to be changed. But but bigger picture, I think you know, for us, the most important thing uh, from a regulation standpoint. Is that policymakers, whether it's you know in the state of California all the way up to you know the the federal government as they're thinking about you know potentially um, doing something about cannabis and its legal status, is really cannabis as an industry uh, is a misnomer. The range of products that contain cannabis is so wide and varied, yep. and the risk profile of those products is so wide and varied. Totally, you cannot tell me that our cans, which are you know little eight ounce cans with two milligrams of <laughs> THC in them, are anything like on a one hundred milligram edible beverage product is nothing like a concentrate that you could dab, right? They're just, it's sort of funny that we're all in this industry together because yeah. products are so different. 
Um, and what, what we really think needs to happen is, is we need to have different sets of regulations based on how risky those products are. So, you know, our products are the safest on the market. We, we can sleep every night knowing that if someone takes a six pack of our product home, they will not have a bad experience with it. It's almost yeah. impossible. Like you would have to sort of drink all six of them in 30 minutes. And even then it's not going to be as bad as probably that pop brand that you had in, in college. And yeah. So um, that, what does that mean? Practically, it means that these products should be available for sale alongside alcohol in liquor stores, in grocery stores. They should be available in bars and restaurants. There's not a bar owner, you know, in the country that wouldn't prefer its patrons to be ordering can on tap yeah. versus alcohol because they behave better. Um, and 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 so there's a there's a long way to get to that point. We have to sort of you know, be careful in, in, in adjusting any of these regulations, but we really believe that there should be retail license types, you know, for, for cannabis products under, you know, three milligrams THC or, or whatever, um, that, that allow these things to be served alongside alcohol. Uh, there's, there's so much safer than alcohol. And, um, and I think that, that that's really where we want to see the industry go. It will take time because there's a lot of, of interests. I mean, we're just talking about getting cannabis legal in, yep. <laughs> in, in, in a number of states that, that it's not. But um, it's important as we think about those issues to really, uh, you know, differentiate what we're talking about here. Um, the, these are, the range of products are, are, are very different. That's definitely a fascinating conversation. And you, you sort of touched on something I was going to ask you when it comes to serving can in bars or, you know, alongside alcohol. And that's definitely an angle that I wasn't thinking about until we had this conversation. And I, I think you're definitely on par with the direction of where you see it going. But I definitely, I'm an advocate of that because it's like, it's such a new space. And you're saying, and I'm just now, I want to ask you about the regulation of comparing a can to an edible, like that's all in the same category right now. Is that correct? Correct. Wow. That, wow. That is, that is fascinating when it comes to the two milligram versus like you said, a brownie or something that's very highly potent to compare those two is sounds crazy in my opinion. <laughs> it's crazy. It's yeah, it's absolutely wild. For sure. Um, spot just, Last thing before we wrap up here, Jake, when it comes to your journey as an entrepreneur from launching a product, from raising money with celebrity investors to not only gaining market share with a new type of product, but what have you learned through that experience that you'd want to pass on to an entrepreneur that's not only potentially launching a brand in the beverage world, but someone that's just creating an idea from scratch? Yeah, it's, it's a, it's a great question. I think, you know, um, I'll say this, uh, and, and take it with a grain of salt because I'm only, you know, at this for a couple of years, but it, it seems to me that often people will, will say something along the lines of, I really would love to start a company, but I, I just have never gotten a good idea. I've never found an idea that I'm excited enough about to, to, you know, quit my day job. Um, and I think that's the wrong way to think about it. Um, I would almost, and I, I jokingly say this, but I would almost say like, spend a few hours, right? Every, you know, potential idea you might have down on a piece of paper, you know, fold them up, put them in a bowl, pick one, and then just do that idea. Just do it for six months. It has so much more to do with your commitment to doing something, you know, yourself. Yep. Uh, and so little to do with the idea. People often use the ideas to like rationalize in their mind why they should do this. Oh, I have to do this. This is such a good idea. But it's actually wrong. And, and the idea you start out with, when I first started about thinking about cannabis beverage, you know, I was thinking about doing it, you know, building a, a manufacturer that would have a bunch of brands under an umbrella and you would sort of, yeah. you know, 
totally different um, uh, than where we ultimately ended up. And it's, it's because you, you will shift and change as you spend time doing this. It's more about having the courage and, and sort of being, uh, you know, in the right place, sort of emotionally to, to decide to do that. And it's hard. I mean, you know, graduating from business school without a job when all of your friends have jobs, that's a, that's a weird feeling. Yeah. But, um, uh, having to sort of like, I moved to my parents' basement when I started this company and like having your parents' friends sort of tell you like, it's going to be okay. Like you'll find something. I'm like, no, sorry. Like I'm not trying to find a job. Sorry, this company. You know, it just doesn't translate. It's such a strange thing socially. And then, you know, even other really scary things like buying healthcare on the exchange. Like there are all these things you don't think about that you rely on in your normal yep. sort of course of, 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 of having a professional career. Um, so it's, it's not to say that it's easy. It's just really hard to do. Um, but, but I think take comfort in knowing that uh, you know, it should, it's not the idea that's going to determine whether you succeed or fail. It's going to be you. And if you're willing, if you're at the point where you want to bet on yourself, and I would recommend you know, finding a partner, someone that compliments you, that you can trust and are committed to working on a relationship with, um, that helps and that makes things easier. Um, but that's what it's about at the end of the day is saying, I'm prepared emotionally to, to make this about me a little bit. And, and and figure it out. And you will. You will figure it out. Love that. Well, Jake, I just want to say thank you so much for coming on the podcast today, man. Where is the best place for people to follow yourself as well as can and just to continue to stay, um, you know, on the journey with you guys? Yeah, definitely. So our Instagram is our, our, our strongest, our best community. Uh, that's at drink can with two N's. Um, and then if you're in California, shop.drinkcan.com is the best place to buy our product. Um, we'll deliver it, deliver it to you next day in places like San Francisco, Bay Area, Los Angeles, and, and others. Awesome. Well, Jake, thanks so much for coming on, man. Yeah, no, thanks so much, Casey. Really appreciate it.